0: Craft Beer Radio, episode 267, on November 2nd,
1: 2013. And it's Craft Beer Radio! Welcome to Craft Beer Radio, episode 267. We have a, a bunch of nice beers from our uh, fan, Eric Johnson, in Kansas City. Thank you very much. Yeah,
0: we're going a few of those tonight. We're throwing in a couple that are not. Um, the song from the intro, we were talking about some NSA stuff in the pre-show, so it seemed appropriate that our uh, privacy is gone. <laughs> yes. All right, so we're going to start off with the hot pepper beer. <laughs> uh, yeah, great idea.
1: Okay, so let's do, yeah, that's a good idea. Let's start with the Free State Wheat. So this is from Wheat State. Free State. Free State, I'm sorry. So <laughs> Wheat State is the name of the beer. Free State uh, beer. It's their Wheat State Golden. It's, uh, let's see, 16 IBUs. What's the ABV on it? They don't tell me. That is weird. Malted with wheat, caraway, and pale. Hopped with Nugget and Hiller OG eleven point seven five.
0: Free State Brewing Company is in Lawrence, Kansas. Established in nineteen eighty nine, the original craft brewery in the Great Plains region.
1: Hmm. No idea what the ABV is though.
0: Beer is best by. Um, oh, not tomorrow. Third week of November.
1: All right. So we so we made so, it. <laughs>
0: Yeah, Eric um, had the best intentions of getting us this beer in August, apparently. And it just showed up last week, but we appreciate it. And none of the beers are past their Best Buy dates. It's amazing. Almost all these beers that he picked have Best Buy dates on them.
1: Okay, this is interesting. I went to Rate Beer. This is, uh, they call it the style of Kolsch and the ABV 5.1%. A little high for Kolsch. What did you say it was? 5.1%. Okay.
0: So, you know, it's called Wheat State Golden, so you would think it's a wheat beer. If it is a wheat beer, it's filtered because the beer is super-duper crystal clear. Well, you can see I mean, your fingerprints you through the glass.
1: They have wheat, care wheat, and pale okay. malt, so okay. there's definitely wheat in there.
0: All right, well, it's filtered. Look how crystal clear this thing yeah. is. Pours, it's a rich golden color, a little light, wispy head. Okay.
1: Hmm. <clears throat> There's definitely some, some fruity esters coming off. Somewhat raisiny, a little bit grapeish. Mm hmm.
0: Slightly tangy from the, the wheat mold. Mm hmm.
1: Your average Kolsch, too. So,
0: Kolsch. Okay. Kolsch typically doesn't have large volumes of wheat in it. So, when you take a sip of this, it does taste kind of like it does have a Kolsch character to it, where you get some of that green grape skin type feel or, or flavor in the beer. But also, there's a lot of wheat in the body, too. So, it's almost like a hybrid of a wheated Kolsch or something like that
1: is interesting actually that there's more commercial information on the Beer Advocate page than there is on the beer page. So um, it's traditionally brewed using the alt style like they're at Astra Ale and has about 25% wheat malt. They have a touch of caramel malt at golden color and the rest is pale. Uh, hot with Yakima peril for bittering and hillertow hops for aroma. Although now they're using like, I don't know.
0: <laughs> it's beer.
1: It's beer! It feels. Uh, hmm. Okay, so it's got much more. Much more toasty and somewhat caramelized bready notes mm-hmm. than a typical Kolsch would. The. You know, with a Kolsch, you expect a lot of these fruit eating, you know, a lot of the fruit to come through, and it to be really light. This is not n- nearly so light on the palate. This is more. Uh, I I don't know how I would qualify this in terms of style, but it doesn't it, it doesn't feel traditionally kolsch to me.
0: Yeah, it, it it definitely has a more multi character. Um, you mentioned how it was brewed at like an alt beer that, that comes through a little bit in the flavor, but the wheat. Again, it's this, it's this hybrid of, of yeah. several things. It almost has a little bit of a Bach type feel, too, how sweet it is. Yes. You know, so it's, uh, it's been a while since we've had kolchas. I'm going to pull up a style guide. Well, here.
1: I've had some kolchas at the GABF, or at least I did. And, you know, most of them were light, most of them around 4%. Uh, they had uh, a lot of free of character and a lighter character, a little bit of a crisper note mm-hmm. than this, which, which ends. This ends, that end very crisp? It's uh, relatively uh, heavy on the palate in terms of the sweetness. They say it finishes clean. I would disagree with that. I think it it lingers with uh, bagel-like notes. So sweet Mm -hmm. and uh, slightly toasty notes.
0: Yeah, I was just looking to see if wheat is a common, even mentioned ingredient in Kolsch's, and it do- doesn't mention wheat at all. So, definitely a hybrid, you know, yeah. something new, something different. So, use a Kolsch yeast ale, which is trained to work at lower temperatures. So, it's fermented colder, lagered, filtered out. So, you get this crystal beer. And uh, it's an interesting beer. I mean, there's a lot, a lot to, uh, a lot of things you normally don't get in any of the styles all put together, right? It has that that balky character? You get this yeah. wheat flavor, this wheat tang. You get so I don't taste the, the the grape the vineousness of the Kolsch character right. after the first couple sips. I'm kind of not noticing as much as I did the first couple sips.
1: So the question is, all right, we we tried sort of judging it on style, and it doesn't really work because this is not style beer. So let's expand our minds a little bit and let's go outside the zone and see, Mm -hmm. you know, as as a beer itself and in terms of of what it's giving us, is it giving us what we really are interested in, in a broad way of speaking with the beer. Mm -hmm. It's an interesting combination. I don't know whether the slight fruitiness it is there goes well with the the caramel and those toastiness I think they they don't play off each other as well as they might. I think that they're sort of competing. You know, I like it when when the two combine together. When if there is a maltiness and then there then the sweetness, there should be something to to really balance that out. It should be a slight, you know, I think more bitter than what's going mm-hmm. on here.
0: Yeah, probably a little bit more bitter. I find it's not really it doesn't come across as refreshing yeah. because that sweetness kind of lingers and um, you know with the Kolsch and, and the wheat beers you know those kinds of things are typically very refreshing beers this one's less refreshing than, than many of the, the beers in the style it's, it's a fine beer, it's clean there's no flaws in it yeah. Um excuse me
1: wow well your throat likes it <laughs> apparently it does um yeah, I'm not we're drinking it, we're finishing it up. It's not mm-hmm. like we're you know, we're pouring out, we're saying this is not drinkable. This is just it you know, if it when I saw Kolsch, something popped in my mind that was different than this. Right. So and, and I and I don't know quite how to judge this. I mean i it, if I just try to judge it just basically based on what I sort of expect from the beer. It's a little bit lacking in terms of balance. It's mm-hmm. a little bit oversweet, and the the quality of fruitiness that's there is not balancing out with the sweetness and so it's 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 challenging in a bit
0: right So what's next? Let's do the other wheat beer. This is the eighty acre Hoppy wheat beer from Boulevard Brewing. Also established in 1989. She's the 1989 all around here. Is. Wouldn't that be something that the intro song was from 1989? I don't think it is. It's probably yeah, it's older than that. So
1: this is when when somebody says hoppy wheat beer, the first thing I think of is Gumblet. Mm-hmm. Don't know where this is going to be the case or not. 20 IBUs, original gravity 13.2 degrees Play-Doh. 5.5 degrees alcohol, 5.5% alcohol by volume, excuse me, and, yeah, that's kind of it.
0: I like weeded IPAs, so looking forward to trying this one. I haven't smelled it yet, to even ah, get an idea go. of how hoppy it is.
1: Oh, okay, here we go. Here's some, got some uh, ingredients here. Pale, pale malt, unmalted wheat, malted wheat. Bravo, Zeus, Summit, Cascade, and Nelson Southern hops.
0: Okay, so it's probably a pretty hoppy. <laughs> Boulevard Brewing is no longer a craft brewery. Oh, really? They sold, the owner of Boulevard sold to Duval. Oh, okay. So Duval owns Boulevard now. Interesting.
1: So according to the Brewers Association, Brewers Association it no longer qualifies as a craft brewer. Yep. Now Bravo Zeus Summit Cascade, Nelson Summit Hotspur, but the IBUs are only twenty.
0: So it'll be interesting. Right, not a ton of bitterness, but yeah. I mean you smell the thing, it's 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 a nose full of hops. I mean Ooh. certainly comes late in late editions for lots of aroma for sure. The uh Wow. Okay, so we're gonna appreciate it for a while trying to figure out the nose on this one. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I mean the way the the way it's presented, the way the aroma is coming out, it's you assume a lot of dry hopping, Mm -hmm. or at least a a kind of amount of late hopping, because that's where the aroma comes through.
0: Beer pours. Typical wheat beer looks like hefeweizen, you know, nice and cloudy. Uh, How to describe the tint on this one? It's uh, I don't know. It's 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 not yellow. It's not. Golden, it's...
1: <laughs> it's it's kind of like a lemonade.
0: Yeah. It's interesting. It isn't going to sound bad, but I think the word it applies. It has an interesting murkiness to this, because you can see into the beer a fair bit. Yes. But you can't get the whole way through. All right, back to the aroma. Some uh, orange or tangerine. There's a little bit of something floral. Maybe chrysanthemum or something like that. Hmm. The, the lemoniness that you get from the wheat is adding a neat little character. There's almost a... How, how do I want to put that there's an extra tang that you can uh, that to me it seems like it's coming off the wheat it almost took me you know what it was it was a it was a, um, a sympathetic uh, compar- or I guess a complimentary comparison or something like that because I was smelling the wheat and I was, wed- or I was ready for the grains of paradise aroma to come through too but you know there's no grains of paradise added to this but for some reason my head, wa- my nose wanted to jump to that next aroma
1: I can buy it. There, there's a slight, you know, pepperiness. Some, mm-hmm. some slight phenols coming through, but a lot of hops. Like Jeff said, orangey, you know, citrusy aromas. A little bit of grapefruit. I'm, I'm seeing where Jeff's coming through with the, uh, with sort of, I guess, lemongrass would be the closest thing to that, mm-hmm. where it's, it's a combination of wheat and lemon.
0: You get any kind of flowers though? Get a big flower component.
1: I, I thought I smelled something originally, but. You know, I need to go to a to a floral garden at some Mm -hmm. point and just go and start smelling flavors, and smelling flowers, and writing it down because I think that would give me a a better way to describe certain Mm -hmm. things. Go to botanical gardens or something we have here in Pittsburgh and just
0: yeah. I just took my first sip, not very bitter. You know, so it it has this. What was the ABV on this? Five or something? Five point five. Five point five. It almost has that feel of, you know, those Session IPAs, you know, where there's, you know, a ton of hop flavor or aroma, but not a big bitterness, not a big booziness. Right. Technically, 5.5 is not, is outside the Session ballpark, but it, it's, it's it's in the, uh, it's in the grandstand.
1: Yeah, and I think what's interesting is that, so there, there's a lot of hop, um, boy, how do, how do you put this? A lot, a lot of sort of alpha acid, but not a lot of... Bitterness. Well, fast it is the bitterness. Is bit, so my, so you know, I've got my terms mixed up. Right. There's a lot. There's a lot of sort of citric like components. Okay, right. Uh, but but not a lot of the bitterness. So so mm-hmm. you're getting the sort of the on top citrusy notes. Well, the maybe
0: hops. that's the, the, the tart, you know, the tanginess from the the wheat, you know, that's helping accentuate, you know, where it seems like it's actually acidic from citrus fruits, you know.
1: I I mean, I think the hops have to have something to do with that. The malt is pretty low. It's a little biscuity. It's kind of reminds me of, have you, you ever have a... You had a lot of, I'm sure, biscuits that are uh, you know, southern style mm-hmm. biscuits. You ever have a biscuit that's whole grain biscuit?
0: I don't know. Maybe. It
1: kind of reminds me a little bit of that. Okay.
0: I keep getting more floral in the nose. I want to say there's a touch of lavender. I wouldn't be opposed to that.
1: Last time I had lavender, I got a soap that had lavender in it. And it was overpowering. Mm-hmm. I could imagine. So I can see where that's coming from, but you know, whenever when you bring up lavender, I think, ooh.
0: <laughs> you think of this potent, yeah. perfumey. Yeah. It's just a touch, even, even for someone who's not been overdosing on lavender. And
1: mm-hmm. hmm. it, it's not gumblehead. It's not trying to be at 5.5. 5 is not trying. I think, I think Gumblehead was around the 8%, if I'm not mistaken. It was essentially an IPA with wheat in it. This is... This is much more of a wheat with sort of uh with a lot of hops thrown at the end.
0: Yeah, it's it's very different. You know, wheated IPA has that bitterness, right? Yeah, yeah this one doesn't. They mention on the neck label... What do they say here? They say... Uh, Must be in. I grabbed the wrong beer. That's why it's not on that neck label. (laughs) (laughs) Wrong bottle. Uh, Their efforts to craft a hybrid Yodida. Okay, blah, 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 blah. blah. The aroma of an IPA and the refreshing taste of wheat beer. I would say they put that together. You know, they don't have the the bitterness of an IPA. Mm -hmm. How
1: refreshing is it? I think the, the 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 hop quality and the citrus quality does not necessarily lend itself to the most refreshing beer. Cuz so when I think refreshing, I think it's something a little bit more crisp than this.
0: I would say it's on the refreshometer. <laughs> I would say it's fairly high except for that lavender. That lavender kind of sits on my tongue. That'd be a
1: refreshometer by the way.
0: Refreshometer cuz you're measuring something so it's an Okay. Not if, it's, if, it's,
1: if it's a distance then it, then it's meter. Oh. If you're measuring distance, it's some sort of meter. Okay. But if you're doing a a um a measurement in terms of a scale, then it's an ometer. Okay. Your thermometers, for instance, your speedometers.
0: But refreshometer.
1: Refreshometer, yeah. Back to your there, refreshometer. There,
0: but there's this there's this perfumey floral thing that sits on my tongue. And that almost negates the refreshingness that the rest of the beer has.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I think that that's the problem, is that the hoppiness gives it a distinctive quality that's good, but it hurts its refreshing quality. So it depends on how you want to... If you're selling it as a refreshing beer, I think you're selling it short. If you're selling it as a kind of hop wheat experiment... Mm-hmm then you're giving it a lot more to go on.
0: Max sold this bottle, the label, and he loved it because there's a old antique big farm tractor on uh-huh. it. And if you don't know, Max is a freak for tractors.
1: How old is Max now?
0: He's three. three he in... turned three in August.
1: Okay, so. That's right. Is he, his... he
0: lines up all his tractors in the playroom.
1: His birthday is right around my birthday, right? Mm-hmm. yeah. It's like the 25th or something.
0: Max's is, is... Oh, you're putting me under pressure now. I want to say the 17th. 17th. I could easily have gotten that one wrong. I'm a horrible parent. It's only three. doesn't care. <laughs> Alright, so this next one. This one is not from our listener fan, Eric Johnson. This one is the one we picked up here. This is the omission from... Whitmer Brothers. So, Widmer is
1: really, they're doing something really interesting with the mission, which is that these are gluten-free beers, but they're not made with gluten-free grains. They have what they call a proprietary process. They ferment their beer from grains containing gluten, and then they do something with it to remove the gluten.
0: Remember at the homebrew, I had that vial of something that's over there somewhere it's, uh, it's to help you clarify your beer, uh-huh. but it also claims to drop the gluten out somehow. You know, Maybe they're using a bunch, something like that, right? A chemical process that, with a finding agent that can actually drop out gluten. I don't know the chemical makeup, the molecular makeup of gluten dissolved in solution and things like that, but maybe it's maybe there's something there.
1: Maybe, but check out this warning here. That warning, oh no, it's, it, it's, in, it's in smaller print. Product fermented from grains containing gluten, crafted to remove gluten. The gluten content of this product cannot be verified, and this product may contain gluten.
0: <laughs> I think that's a cover your ass thing. Yeah, it's like when remember when last time we were on the Anheuser Busch trip and there were, Redbridge was out, right? Mm-hmm. You know the, George was telling me, you know, we can't say gluten free. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's, it's a beer made from grains that do not contain gluten. You know, it's, uh, you know I, I, you know, I think of like, you know, this used car thing, now with less gluten, <laughs> you know, like, as seen on TV, ding. So the, this is, of course,
1: important for people who suffer from celiac disease, but there's also sort of a movement going on for people who are trying to remove gluten from their diet. Mm-hmm. I don't know whether it has necessarily a lot of scientific backing. I mean, elites and grains have been sort of the staple food for thousands of years, most of them contain gluten.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But that's neither here nor there. This is their pale ale, malt with pale caramel tin, dark Munich, and carapils, all gluten containing grains. Mm-hmm. Hot with Cascade and Citra, 33 IBUs, 5.8% alcohol, by
0: way. All right. Beer pours a copper color. Moderately clear. There's a little bit of a haze to it. Um, thin head It has mostly dissipated by now. Aroma, good, Citra. good caramel flavor, it has a, from my first sniff, you know, it reminds me kind of a, maybe an American version of an English pale ale or something along really? those lines. Really? So the
1: first thing I smelled was sort of that acerbic kind of citron note. Oh, yeah? See, I got uh, mostly, then, mostly
0: malty caramel. as well. That's why I, I smelled good. the
1: second time. So as soon as that sort of wafted away... Mm-hmm. I think it may be somewhat extra sensitive to citron for some reason. <laughs> Could be. Uh, then I, you know, smelled that caramel notes underneath. Mm-hmm. So
0: yeah, so it, it it tastes kind of or it smells kind of like an English pale ale. I would say an Americanized version of an English pale ale. Just cutting a hair rather thin, but yeah, there's
1: definitely a it, from the aroma. There's definitely a deep caramel base to this. That was not what I expected to taste. Okay. Hmm. Trying to trying to put it into words because it but it was candy like. It was mm-hmm. Let me see if I can type another sip here.
0: Yeah, I mean there's it's 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 a good balance, I think. I mean there's it, it's malt forward, but there's good hoppiness, there's decent bitterness. It's uh it's a pale ale. Maybe yeah, they call it a, they call it a handcrafted pillow here. So, it's uh, what is that? What is that? That's the lack of gluten right there, my friend. No, it, it's there's a flavor it's reminding me of.
1: Mm. All right, I, not being able to, to directly do it, I'll, I'll try to circle around back mm-hmm. and see if I can figure out where. it is. there's there's a decent amount of of sweet multi flavor here there is a somewhat with, with the with the hops you're getting a kind of cherry or strawberry like note to combine with the sweetness so it's it's getting just barely syrupy in terms of the flavor just <laughs> barely uh so reminding me of something like Mm, it's Halloween, so my mind goes to You know those now and laters at the SSL All the time <laughs> So not super duper sweet But sort of a taffy-like sweetness
0: Excuse me Don't drink a lot of Widmer Brothers So I'm not sure you know, I don't have a recollection of what their pale ale IPAs taste like um, So I'm not even gonna Wager what I think they taste like just gonna talk about this one. And this one's enjoyable. I mean, it's not the the most oh uh, how do I want to describe this? You know, it, it's not tons of big flavors, you know. It's not the hoppiest, it's not the you know, the the best most extreme pale ale, but it's perfectly drinkable. I'm enjoying the balance on it. I like the sweetness. The hops give it a good balance. Um, it's probably I mean, if it if Celiacs could drink this and not have adverse side effects. It's uh, probably the best reduced gluten slash gluten free beer that I've had. It's
1: pretty. It's it's pretty high up there. Yeah, the, the more I think about it, taffy's is the one thing that comes to mind: saltwater taffy, that sort of thing, where it's not an overload of a certain flavor, but there is something sort of candy-like in there.
0: When we were in St. Louis, a couple you know last month, I had a Redbridge. Give it a try. It's been a few years. Yeah. wasn't as... Uh, I remembered it... Like, the first couple sips taste good, then it starts getting this, like... T- uh, what's the word I'm looking for? I was going to say tannic, but tannic's not the right word. I guess just a chalky... Kind of like a chalky thing that the sorghum yeah. brought to it. Mm-hmm. And um, I couldn't really enjoy the whole glass. Um, I used to... remember talking... I remember saying, that you know, for gluten-free, this is probably one of the best. I remember saying that at the time but I didn't really enjoy it this time around where this one, if it works for you, right. If it doesn't set off your, your glutometer, (laughs) um, uh, it's, it's a fine beer for sure.
1: Yeah. It it doesn't, it certainly doesn't taste like the gluten's been removed. So if you're looking Mm -hmm. for a beer that tastes like a beer, but I mean, it's made with it's made with the same uh, ingredients any other beer is made with. But then they do something mm-hmm. to it. Now, well, if you look at the label, they use a magnet to pull the oil out. <laughs> so it, I don't know whether gluten's polar or not. Uh, so the, the question becomes: How would this taste without the
0: process? I don't think there's any way to know unless we get. Yeah. Unless they say this is our pale ale, same recipe as the omission. Yeah. Or get a reconstructed version where you, get, you can get, you know, side by side. but I
1: don't know why they'd want to do that, because yeah. they're purposely selling this as a gluten-free beer. Why would they say, okay, and here's a gluten version.
0: <laughs>
1: <Right>. <laughs> I'm, the reason I'm curious about that is because this sort of slight candiness is not something that I encounter very often. Mm-hmm. So I'm wondering whether the process adds any candiness to it.
0: I mean, now that after having this, I think I'm going to keep an eye out for a Pale Ale or something like that from Widmer, just so I can kind of see what it's like. Mm -hmm. It's been a long time since I've had anything Widmer, and it was probably just the So,
1: Well, this beer won the silver medal in the 2012... Great international beer and cider competition for gluten free beer. Their lager version of a mission won the gold medal. They also have an IPA, which did not place.
0: Hmm. So, neat. Neat indeed. All right, so now we're going back to a beer Eric sent us. This is Little Lucy's Hot Pepper Ale from Weston Brewing Company. And Weston is in. There in Missouri. Yes, that's where Weston is. This
1: is 4.9% alcohol by volume. And that's it. 28 IBUs. Presumably peppers. Oh, it says on the bottle there uh, serrano and
0: jalapeno. You can smell it when you pour it. <laughs> Ooh. All right.
1: Started out as an experiment. Weston Brew Labs number two. It became the most popular 22 ounce beer they produced. So it graduated to 12 ounce.
0: Has a little devil dominatrix on it. That must be a little Lucy. <laughs> they say it's also great for cooking.
1: I can buy that.
0: Yeah, not just by the aroma. Yeah, Yeah, certainly. I mean, you you know, cooking you want something with a lot of bitterness to it. Yeah, and the peppers would just be like added seasoning. Yeah,
1: you'd you'd infuse whatever you're doing with a with a certain sweetness. Mm. Like, I could see put a pork tenderloin with this. It might.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. Put in that vacuum sealer. There you go. Yeah, you could. You know, if you want to do simple, right? I mean, I could even see this doing. You know. Working with some peppers and some brats and stuff like that, you know.
1: Yeah, deglaze a pan with it. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, so the aroma is all pepper.
0: It smells like it's going to be a very hot beer. On the flavor, there's a little bit of spice, but it's not like blowing your mouth out. I'd give it a 3 or 4 out of 10.
1: The thing I found with pepper beers is they build. Yeah. Probably. So let's give this a chance to mm-hmm. build. Because right. I feel it in the back of my mouth mostly. There's definitely spice here. The beer itself is, is a kind of light, goldenish it copper. It doesn't cow. have much body to it. Yeah.
0: It, it feels kind of aqueous. And um, just, you know, just like take a sip. Wait for the heat to come, you know, because mm. there's not really much else that you're really getting flavor-wise while the beer is in your mouth. It just has this kind of a, a- this character to it. Maybe as we kind of get into it and we get used to the spice, we'll pull out some more nuance, but it doesn't seem like there's much nuance there.
1: Well, they're not using the most flavorful <laughs> of peppers, right? Mm-hmm. I mean... Uh, jalapeno is, is a pepper known mostly for its spice, not for its flavor. Um, it gets more flavor if you smoke and you make Chipotles. But this is just plain old jalapenos, and that's really just kind of a spice. Mm-hmm. Uh, Serranos, they have a little bit more flavor you know, to them, but um, a little more pungent. You know, you're talking about like a super flavorful, great one. You know, poblanos are one of my favorite uh, spices, my favorite Combination of the fruitiness and the spice, and of course, habanero and even mm-hmm. like uh, like ghost peppers actually have a really nice fruitiness. Yeah, if you can get past the huge amount of capsicum <laughs> so, that's in
0: there at the GABF, I had this ghost pepper beer and it was pretty hot. The thing that I noticed like four or five days later is every time I drank something. Uh, either if I had something spicy or acidic or something like that, my entire esophagus would sting. Really? Like, it messed up my esophagus for, like, days. Or something. But it really didn't taste, like, it didn't taste like it was messing up my esophagus. You know, but, yeah, I mean, for days, I was, like, very sensitive. I could feel it in my, like, almost everything in my esophagus.
1: Well, it's true that capsaicin can over, I mean, what it does is it's it's a chemical compound. It's, it's associated with vanilla. It's a, it's a vanilloid, mm-hmm. uh, that will intercepts a certain type of receptor inside your tongue and other in other places. And instead of giving a flavor, it it tells them hot. It sort of tells the receptor mm-hmm. heat, heat, heat. And if you take too much of it, you can actually burn out that receptor. Mm-hmm. And the, you know, you say, "Oh, burn out the receptor." What happens? Don't well, grow back in a week or two. So mm-hmm. nothing, you know, crazy to worry about. It's just you can overdo it and burn out your receptor. That sounds like maybe that
0: was what happened. Maybe. I mean, but like, yeah, I mean, it was it was hot, but it wasn't like my ears were ringing hot, yeah, you know? It yeah. wasn't like doing damage hot. So it was weird. It took me a while to figure out, like, I wonder if it was that chili pepper beer, that cuss pepper beer. I don't know for sure if it was, mm-hmm. but it's, it's definitely the leading suspect. Like even this, I'm feeling it like right here now. So I'm still mm-hmm. not completely recovered.
1: Still not, still not completely recovered from that. Wow. Makes me wonder if it caused some sort of ulceration.
0: I don't know. I mean, it's not, it's not bothering me. It doesn't, it's not I'm sure pain. it's minor, but I mean, yeah. Maybe it was something else. I mean, we had lots of food. We did. We had that banh mi,
1: that, that uh, Vietnamese oh, stuff. Oh,
0: banh mi. Yes.
1: Um, yeah, I mean, this is... Building, but building slowly. It's Mm -hmm. not. It's not overpowering. It's relatively easy drinker. It's not exactly. It's not going to win any awards for being amazingly flavorful beer. I mean, I find that. Peppers go really well with porters because you got the sweetness I think
0: the spice it. I think the spice level on this one is is spot on because as you drink it you can drink enough to maintain this mm-hmm. this burn in your mouth and if you're you know if you like spices like I like spices yeah. you know there's something about that you know something that I'm enjoying about having a, a little the burn going on right now and um, the spice level I'm able to take a small sip keep it in there for a little bit and just maintain this experience for a while so I mean for that it works. But yeah, there's still not picking up anything particularly interesting about the malt or the hops or anything like that really it's like I said, it had that aqueous body, it doesn't yeah. have much body to it, so it just seems like it's a delivery vehicle for peppers,
1: which is fine for what it is, but you know in terms of of judging against the other beers, it's going to lose points because of that on our beerometer. <laughs>
0: Where's that jerkometer at? <laughs> sure, Hi, I- she? Let's do some ranking, I guess. All right. So, do you want to go first? Give me one second here, and I think I could probably do that. I am going to throw. Are you using the pre show beer too? Uh, maybe not. I'm not sure if I really. I was thinking too much about the characters yeah. of the beer. Mm-hmm. We did the Boulevard Wheat on the pre-show. That also came from Eric. But since we had done it on the show, we took it as the opportunity to do it on the pre-show when we were trying to talk about something and couldn't think of anything. That's selling it. Go listen to the pre-show. Yeah, pre-show. It's, it's totally <laughs> Totally useless. Except for the NSA stuff. Um, I think, yeah, I'm going to have to put uh, fourth place. Is going to be the hot pepper beer. Uh, simply because... While it seems like a nice vehicle to deliver the peppers, and I'm enjoying the little burn I'm getting in my mouth, um, I I still can't really pick up much of any beeriness, per se, and uh, it's just hard to compare that to any of the other beers. Number three, the Wheat State Golden, the first one we did, um, it was neat to taste, but it was it was a a weird Frankenstein of a bunch of different styles and and flavors that are notable from different styles. And while they went they went together, and I was glad that I got to taste that. Mm-hmm. I also don't expect it's going to become the uh, the new the new black IPA sour <laughs> imperial session IPA. <laughs> you know, the right. new fad. I don't think I don't think a wheat Kolsch with a little bit of alt-beer slash Bach character is going to be the new hotness. Um, I'm going to put the Boulevard 80 Acre in second place. Wonderful aroma. The, uh, the flavor was mostly wheat beer. Like they said on the neck label, right? They wanted an IPA aroma and a wheat beer drinker, you know? Yeah. And I, I, they kind of delivered on that. For me, I, want, I would like a little more bitterness in there. You know, I like weeded IPAs. Um, and then, you know, if it was nice and refreshing, I might have given it a pass. But for some reason, that that floral note that I kept getting kind of sat on my tongue. It made it seem, you know, a little more uh, the opposite of refreshing. Unrefreshing, I guess. But So that le- makes the gluten-free, or well, now with less gluten, omission from Widmer Brothers, the uh, top beer of the night. It was a pretty good drinker. And um, I enjoyed the balance, the, the caramel, the hoppiness, you know, good pale ale. Good pale ale.
1: Okay, I'm going to uh, mostly agree with you, besides I disagree with you I'm in the middle. A uh, little Lucy's, I would agree at the end. As a vehicle for a pepper, it, it, it serves its purpose, and it doesn't have anything that, that is... Wrong with it that makes it sort of like uh, I like the pepper, but I don't like I dislike this mm-hmm. part. So I mean, you know, it, it works; it's fine. But compared to the other ones, it doesn't suffer. My third is going to be the Eighty Acre. I kind of feel like uh, it didn't. It sort of it gave me this thing where I was expecting a lot more of a hot punch, and mm-hmm. then I got this kind of um less than beer. Less than what I what was, what was sort of promised through the aroma. Whereas, you know, I'm, I'm much more willing to forgive something that doesn't give a lot in aroma because a lot in flavor. Something that gives a lot in aroma and not a lot in flavor, I'm less willing to forgive that. So, that's why 80 Acre kind of fails to me. The We State Golden, I think, number two, wouldn't call it a kolsch as much as the other places. The other places. But they don't call it a kolsch on their website. The two things that we <laughs> knew, the beer Kitten and Rate Beer called a kolsch I don't know if I'd agree with that. If you look at it, trying to think of it as a coach, I think you'll be disappointed. If you look at it, trying to think of it as trying to do something interesting, I think you'll be more willing to accept its eccentricities. And then finally, the omission. Yeah, I think that this this was a really decent beer. Uh, it's good to see a gluten, a low gluten beer, let's call it, that had you know, decent flavors to it. I'm curious about it. Um... I'm curious about how sort of that somewhat candy-like flavor mm-hmm. comes through. Whether that's part of the process, but I, I think it's important to to point out here that I don't think any of these beers tonight are superb. Like they all have, in one way or another, some sort of flaw with them. Not major flaws, but they don't. Um,
0: they don't quite measure up to some of the other shows we've had so we forgot to do our commercial yes but we also had a tweet a guy was asking about the xylus stoppers yeah and he mentioned that the Xylus stoppers do not fit in the necks of the dogfish head 750 milliliter bottles right and we've talked about this on the show actually but we don't have a good... We don't. I don't have a, a perfect suggestion for the listeners. What we do is we have a couple of these old Xylus, which have a narrower diameter. Right. And Xylus redesigned, so it would stop better in a wine bottle. But if you find some of these old ones at a garage sale or something, these ones work in the dogfish bottles just fine. So that's the CBR solution. Not great for everyone out there. There's other stoppers on Amazon. Maybe I'll order some of them and see how they how they and work they
1: measure up yeah because mm-hmm. there are some that 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 work for why obviously you don't want one that will that will be a vacuum you don't sealer, want a vacuum one right but there are some that you can that, that are vacuum sealers you can if you can put them in there and just not use the vacuum part in it it should work for a couple of days at least
0: yeah you really want something that'll clamp down like the Xylus. and there mm-hmm. are some other ones so I'll, maybe i'll get on that but um real quick for the commercial Go to craftbeerradio.com dot com slash amazon. Do your Amazon shopping there instead of going directly to Amazon, and we get a referral bonus. It doesn't cost you anything more.
1: Bet yeah, that's good enough. So that's our show. Hope you listen to us next week. We'll be back on time.
0: Regularly scheduled Regularly programming.
1: So uh, we hope we we sorry, but we're sorry about the delay. That shouldn't happen again. Hopefully. And, you know, until something major comes up again, which who knows. And we will see you next week. Thanks for listening. Of course, you can contact us. I am at CBR Greg. At Jeff Bear. These are on Twitter. We can email us at BRCraftBearer.com. And our show, aside from anything that's has music that underneath it is released
0: really sort under of the Creative Commons license. You can visit our website, CraftBearer.com, for more information. Thanks a lot.